Welcome back to Take the Points. Adam Kramer, Marcus Mosier here, where we talk all things gambling in the world of football. But today is special because we are focusing in on fantasy football with one of the best in the business. Before we introduce him, he's going to be joining us throughout. A reminder, subscribe, check us out, Apple, Spotify podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Also join us uh, on thegameday.com to see what price shopping our affiliates have. So Marcus, we got... We've got a, a partner in all this, Michael Fabiano. Michael Fabiano, one of the best in the world when it comes to fantasy, senior analyst for Sports Illustrated. Michael, welcome in, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, enjoyed a long weekend. I, I went to a live sporting event last night. I went to a Dodgers game. I'm a Yankees fan, but I, I still wanted to just get out and go and see a real live sporting event. It was a lot of fun. And uh, got to catch up with my guys uh, from the St. Louis Cardinals, Adam Wainwright. So it was nice, man. It was nice to actually just get out and have a little normalcy. And hopefully that'll be the first of uh, many live sporting events I get to go to. Marcus, I'm hoping to see the Cowboys. They're coming out here week two to play the Chargers at SoFi. I'm hoping that I'm going to be actually able to go to that game. Uh, we will see. But it was a good weekend, long weekend. How about you guys? What was the what was the review of the Dodger dog, real quick, Michael? I saw that on you your know Twitter. What? I didn't. I like. I don't know, man. Like, doesn't every hot dog taste like every other freaking hot dog? Like, honestly, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so you, you put enough mustard and relish on it, it all tastes the same. So it was fine. It was fine. My uh, my eleven year old son tried to take down the the big Dodger dog and was unsuccessful. Yeah. Uh, I was able to 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 do that, but no, it was it was it was fine. I mean, it, as good as like a you know baseball stadium hot dog is going to be, I guess it was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, Marcus. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. A lot of golf. Watched a lot of basketball. Did a lot of fantasy football drafts. Had a couple of rookie drafts over the uh, the weekend. Uh, great Memorial Day. Me too. Weather was fine. Uh, we talked a little weather before we came on here. It feels like it's going to be summer here. Marcus, that means maybe a small chance of snow at this point for you and I. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like 60 degrees. That's what yeah, we're hoping that, for right now. That's, that's summer that weather. That is summer weather. It was the case. <laughs> Got some golf in as well. So, uh, you know, Michael, looking forward to talking a bit about just the fantasy industry as a whole. It's funny. I, we all play. I play. Certainly, I'm sure dance, uh, daily fantasy has changed your life and the way that this industry has evolved rapidly uh, over the past 10 years. And we'll get to that. But first, uh, every week, Marcus and I play a little game called fill in the blank. We, we've got these sentences. We've got these things going on right now. And then we ask you to fill in the blank. Marcus, I'll, I'll by all means, jump in. Your fantasy knowledge certainly far outweighs mine. Uh, but we're with the expert here as well. So we'll, we'll jump right in and I'll say blank is the number one fantasy player. Um, Michael, who is it this year? I think I have an idea who it is, but I may be wrong because I'm wrong a lot in the world of fantasy. Uh, I've seen Christian McCaffrey uh, number one overall in every best ball I've done on every rank list that I looked at. I don't look at too many people's rankings, but in the ones that I have, it's McCaffrey. I, I get it. You know, you missed a whole bunch of games last season, played three games, but between 2019 and 2020, I mean, the guy is just bananas good. The numbers are off the charts. So uh, McCaffrey's the the clear-cut number one this season. That's a that's a good answer, but all fantasy football is all about projecting forward, Michael, and you know this. So the guy that I'm projecting to have just a, a bonkers year is Jonathan Taylor. You look at what he did in the last six games of the season. He had 830 yards in his last six starts eight touchdowns. I think the quarterback play might improve. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to be just as good as ever. 
I think Jonathan Taylor from, you know, just a durability standpoint, from how many carries he's going to get from the efficiency. I think he's locked to get like a hundred yards and a touchdown a game. I'm taking Jonathan Taylor at number one. I know my league mates are going to laugh at me, but I'm hoping to laugh at them by the end. of. So the you're season. not concerned about Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack taking away uh, that, you know, that, that ceiling from, from Taylor in terms of catching the ball or maybe even losing some opportunities to Mac as the season rolls on? Not really, because we saw Jonathan Taylor play well with Neham Hines last year, right? I mean, in the last six games, he was still averaging close to 20 carries per game. Maybe the, you know, the, the reception ceiling's not quite as high as Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley, but I just, I like the phrase, you can't win your fantasy league in the first round, but you can certainly lose it. I feel like Jonathan Taylor has one of the highest floors in fantasy. Listen, man, I like, I like the bold call. I remember several years ago, I was in St. Louis, actually. I was doing a um, hosting for Big League Impact with the Cardinals. And somebody took DeMarco Murray with the first overall pick. And I was like, mm. wow. DeMarco was certainly a valuable pick, but not the number one guy. He went on to be the number one guy. And I was like, woof. I always remember that kid. I was like, wow, that was uh, that was much like a Nostradamian pick there of Murray. So now I like Taylor. He's a first round pick. I'm not as bold as you, though, my friend, going with the number one overall pick with Taylor. He's also got to not fumble, by the way. As, as someone who's followed him a lot through college, that you want to get him off the field and get him. I mean, that's the problem, been with him for a long time. But uh, awesome back, awesome situation. And then I guess Marcus, to tie a bow on this, you said the quarterback play is going to be better. How you really feel that way? You think the quarterback play is going to be better? Well, I mean, this this is coming from the biggest Philip Rivers I, homer true. ever. I know that why you I, asked I, that you know where I'm going. Now, yeah, I don't think it's going to be worse. I really don't. Uh, Frank Reich obviously likes Carson Wentz. He had a lot of success with him in, in Philadelphia. I just don't think the quarterback play is going to be worse. I think it has a chance to be better. Well, let's go now to a different position. Again, I think I know the answer, but blank is the uh, top fantasy QB. Uh, Michael, I, I assume we kind of know where we're going with this, right? It's, I mean, it's got to be Mahomes. Like, I get it. You know, Allen was the QB1 last season. I totally understand that. But Mahomes is, uh, I mean, the guy is, you know, otherworldly. And I, I, I could not put Josh Allen ahead of him. I couldn't put Kyler ahead of him, for example. Mahomes in that offense is just primed for statistical success year in and year out. And he's also, even if he doesn't finish first, he's – the guy who's most likely to be in that top three uh, among quarterbacks, even if he's not number one, you know, I like what Josh Allen did last season. We've heard rumors that maybe they're going to bring in Zach Ertz. I'd love to see him get out of Philadelphia. And, you know, they brought in Emmanuel Sanders to replace uh, John Brown. I feel like this is a, this is an offense that's going to score some points in Buffalo. So Allen's certainly a close second, but I, I don't know how you go, uh, away from Mahomes, unless Marcus is going to go away from Mahomes. I'm not sure. He went away from CMC, no. so maybe he's going away from Mahomes here too. No, I, you have to go with Mahomes because he just he's so safe, right? Throughout exactly. his career, he started right. 46 games in the regular season. He's averaged over 305 passing yards per game, two and a half passing touchdowns. I get the appeal of Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson because of their legs, but you basically can lock in top five production right. every single week in Patrick Mahomes. It just makes too much yep. sense. It would it would be hard as someone in a position to draft to do that as good as Allen was that you know what you're getting right <clears throat> with a rebuilt offensive line with weapons galore. It, Mahomes just feels so safe. Um, it, it, I'm curious, Michael, just a quick 
sidebar, how do you treat like an Aaron Rodgers in something like this? Where do you, where is he on your list? And what do you do with that as you're trying to evaluate it from a fantasy perspective? I have him as my QB six. Uh, I'm only doing best balls right now. I'm not one of these people who is going to draft for a, you know, 2021 actual traditional league now because it's just insane. Yeah, I know a lot of folks out there do that, but I, I just, it's too soon. I mean, I, I, I have most of my drafts in the last week of August, first week of September, uh, when we know exactly what's going on. So, I mean, we have that situation with Rodgers. We have that situation with Julio Jones. We don't know where he's going to play. Uh, we have that situation with Deshaun Watson. We don't know if he's going to play. But I've been drafting Rodgers as if he's going to be under center for the Green Bay Packers. And so that doesn't mean that I'm taking him, you know, in the in the fifth or sixth round. And based on the numbers that he put up last year, does he warrant that sort of selection? I mean, sure, not for me because I don't draft quarterbacks that early. And most people in the industry don't draft quarterbacks that early, but gotcha. I'm drafting Rodgers as if he's going to play for the Packers. Now, when it comes to Deshaun Watson, I have him as a QB too. I don't know how many games he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't know if the NFL is going to suspend him. I don't know how long they suspend him. If they do suspend him, I don't know if he wants to play for the Texans. It seems like he doesn't. Hmm. I don't know if any other team in the league wants him based on the baggage that he's carrying right now. I'm sure there are teams that are going to be interested in trading for Deshaun Watson, but Watson's a guy who's a different story with everything that's been going on. Uh, I've drafted him in probably three best balls and I haven't drafted him before around 11 or 12. And he's my QB too. I'm just rolling the dice that he'll play part of the season somewhere. Uh, that, that one is the, that one's a disaster though. Houston's and they just signed Rex Burkhead. Like really like you got Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and now Rex Burkhead. Really? I mean, geez, Louise, that, that team is going to be a nightmare for fantasy managers, especially the backfield. You know, maybe you'll get some good production from Brandon Cooks and you know, maybe Randall Cobb. I don't know, but it's that that, that one's going to be a nightmare. Uh, e even if Watson is under center, uh, that 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 offense has lost some luster. Let's uh, let's switch to the other side of the ball. Of course, the defense, and I know there's a lot of ways to draft leagues, whether it's individual defensive players, but defense as a whole, I should take a defense no earlier than the blank round. Jeez, second to last. Because, and honestly, I, I know I don't really get into IDPs. Like, I, I haven't played an IDP league in, in a few years, probably like five years or so. Gotcha. And it, it, it's fun. It's fun. It just, I'm a traditional kind of guy. And so I, but no, like, how many times have we drafted a defense too high? Not me, but fantasy folks out there. And then the defense stinks. Like, remember, remember the Jaguars had that one big year and then the following year, oh, Jaguars, Jaguars, they stunk. Right. And then like the Bears, the Bears had this huge, oh, yeah, the Bears, the Bears, and they stunk. And then the Patriots two years ago were like bananas good. It was like the best fantasy defense in the history of fantasy points. It was unbelievable. And then last year they weren't all that good. Of course, they had a lot of people who decided not to play because of COVID. It was a different scenario. But still like, no, next to last round. And then your last round pick is the kicker. Unless, unless you flip it and, you know, you feel like, well, I'm, I want to get, I don't know, Harrison Butker. Uh, in the next to last round and take my defense in the last round. I get it. But your last two picks should be your defense and kicker either order. Uh, I honestly, I honestly will sometimes drop the defense just based on who they're playing in week one and stream the position all year long. I was going to ask about the kickers next, by the way. So you kind of uh, stole, stole the thunder. Kickers there. are people too. I I'm not <laughs> like my pal, Jake Seeley, who hates kickers. I love kickers. I've had, dude, honestly, man. I mean, like I've had so many instances 
where kickers have won me a week. Now, maybe that doesn't say much about the rest of my team, but, <laughs> but I'm talking about like, you know, Justin Tucker, when he, you know, goes off for like 20 plus points. Um, that, that, I, I mean, coup last season for Atlanta was tremendous. Kickers, kickers, points are points, right? No matter where I can get them, I don't care where I'm getting them. I just want them. And kickers are, can be valuable. They really, they really can. Uh, Marcus, what are your st- what's your stance on defenses and kickers? Yeah, I agree. I, I think your defense should be your second to last pick or last pick. And I, I or Michael mentioned it. I just pick the defense based Imagine. on who they're playing in week one, and not even not even the quality of the defense. I'm looking strictly at the quarterback that my defense is playing because that's all that really matters when it comes to team defense mm-hmm. and fantasy football. Um, I'm very much on the opposite side of kickers, Michael. I hate them. They're so unpredictable from week to week. I hate losing games because of kickers. Uh, so in all game. of my leagues, I've yeah. If you take, uh, if put, you take away kickers, you can't call it football anymore. It can't be fantasy football because that's the, <laughs> that's all right. I, just, I hate kickers. It, they suck. It's it's so frustrating to lose a game because Matt Prater kicked five 50 yard field goals in a game. That sucks. Ah, it's, it's so no funny fun. that you mentioned Matt Prater. I'm actually trying to get him on my serious XM show here. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, the, 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 the best matchup in week one, Jacksonville Jaguars. They've got the Texans. Oh, there and you if go. Tyrod Taylor's under center or even worse, David Mills, forget about it. But no, I, I, listen, man, I've been playing fantasy a long, long time. And I, I have a lot of friends who are kickers or were kickers in the league. And, uh, you know, Blair Walsh, I, I, I've interviewed him several times. And uh, I, it's part of the game. Like, again, it's the only position that actually kicks the damn ball. How else do you call it football? <laughs> seven on seven, basically. Right? Yeah. I know. It's like, like, then change the name to run ball or pass ball or something. I don't know. But I, 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 like, I like kickers. I like being able to uh, grab, you know, a kicker off the wire. It happens all the time. Rodrigo Blankenship was great this past season. It's all part of the game, man. So I, I, I know a lot of people don't like kickers. I play in leagues that don't have kickers. Kickers are people too. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with kickers in my leagues. That's a, that's a t-shirt. If it isn't already, and it probably is. <laughs> I'm sure um, it is. Yeah. Let's, let's focus on rookies. Uh, Michael blank is the top fantasy rookie in your eyes. I'm a running backs truther. I love running backs. I have ever since I started playing fantasy. It's Najee Harris. I love Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase can have a big year. I think he'd be a top 20 wide receiver in 2021 with Joe Burrow uh, under center, that built-in uh, rapport that they have. But you put Harris behind uh, that offense in Pittsburgh. The offensive line's got some question marks. I get it. But there's been plenty of running backs who've been able to produce behind less than stellar offensive lines in the, in the history of the National Football League, I can promise you. And Mike Tomlin likes to use a featured back. Right. I mean, you go back to hell, Rashad Mendenhall, Willie Parker, uh, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner in the year that Bell didn't play. He always likes to use one dude and uh, Anthony McFarlane and Benny Snell don't scare me. And neither does Kalen Balazs. So I feel like this is Harris's job. He's a three down back. He's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. And uh, he's he's a guy that I don't know that he's worth a first round pick. I think a lot of folks out there are a little bit sort of, you know, they're, they're squeamish about that because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I liked in the first round last year. I'm not going to run away from that. And he was really good in the first six games before Kansas City signed Le'Veon Bell for some damn reason. I don't get that. But Harris is in a great position to succeed. And 
he's probably going to be a top 15 pick across the board. Yeah, it's Najee Harris for me. And, and for Michael, I was going to ask you, do you think by the time we get to late August, September, that Harris will have a first round price tag? Because we're yeah. currently seeing him go, you know, middle, second round, sometimes even a little bit later than that. But as some of these backfields shake out and maybe somebody like Aaron Jones drops, if Aaron Rodgers is traded right, or yeah. maybe Joe Mixon, yeah. do you think Harris will ultimately be a first round pick? I can certainly see a scenario where that happens. Uh, as you mentioned, some things would have to happen ahead of him, right? Like if Aaron Rodgers doesn't, doesn't remain in green Bay. Um, you know, when you look at, at the guy, I, I could see, I could see folks liking him more than, I don't know, Austin Eckler. Maybe if you're not a big fan of Cam Akers uh, and he was very good at the, at the end of last season and into the postseason, then Harris could, you know, maybe sneak ahead of him. I mean, for the most part, I think there's, there's guaranteed at least nine running backs who I'm taking ahead of Najee Harris right now, but that, that number could dwindle depending on what happens over the next uh, several weeks. One of those guys is definitely not DeAndre Swift, though. DeAndre Swift is starting to drop. He was a guy who was a second-round pick in a lot of best balls that I was in earlier in the offseason, and now he's fallen into third with, uh, you know, the Jamal Williams talk, and they, you know, bring in Todd Gurley. Even if they don't sign him, why are you bringing in Todd Gurley? That's a question mark for me as it pertains to Swift. So, uh, but Harris is, is is no worse than a top 15 pick, and, I, I have seen him drafted in the first round late and I, I totally get it. I, I don't argue with that selection at all. I'm going to hijack fill in the blank real quick. And, and Michael, we've talked about this Marcus and I, Travis Etienne kind of torpedoing that backfield I, in I some know, respects. Right. So, so how do you, how do you treat that, that team, that position? Because Robinson was great and Etienne is he was awesome. Yeah. So, he so what do you do? Seventeen there? points a game. I mean, he was he was a top ten running back, and he missed two games. He was great. Like that sucked. Like honestly, think about it, guys. The off season, as it pertains to player moves and player additions, has kind of sucked for fantasy purposes. It really has. Yeah. I mean, that like like Najee Harris. Yeah, he ended up in a great spot. Jamar Chase ended up in a great spot. But there were plenty of free agents who ended up on teams, and you're like, ah, oh, damn. I mean, really. Like, look at the whole Texans backfield for crying out loud, right? I mean, that thing is a disaster. And then it, and then it kind of, you know, morphed into the draft. And we saw some guys go in places where we're like, oh, really? Like, there? Like, ETN going to the Jags? Like, seriously? Like, imagine if he went to, I don't know, Atlanta. I mean, that would have been a nice fit. I mean, everyone now is into Miami. Mike Davis. Miami would Miami, be, yeah. too, right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, but, you know, it goes to Jacksonville. I don't know that I'm going to be able to predict that backfield uh, correctly all year long. And I certainly won't be able to predict what each of these two players will look like in terms of ADP until we get into the summer months. <clears throat> but right now in PPR, and that's all I play, I have ETN ranked a couple spots ahead of James Robinson. But that doesn't mean that James Robinson doesn't open the season as a starter. Like he didn't lose the job. He was really good. You know, the only thing is that ETN is, has been drafted by this regime, you know, totally new coaching staff, yep. et cetera. And so would he, would it be a shock if he started week one? No, I think, to me, it would be more of a shock if both of these guys are not involved in the in the backfield and the running game in some way, shape, or form. And ETN, we've already heard in you know the the offseason rookie camp that they are lining him up as a wide receiver because they want to be able to utilize him, which is great fantasy because you want a guy as a running back who can catch the ball out of the backfield. I, I don't know how to predict this this situation, to be quite honest with you, because it's not like James Robinson's, you know, it's not like Melvin Gordon, right? Where Melvin uh, by the way, I just interviewed him. He was great on my SiriusXM show. You can check that out on the man. But 
it's not like he's, you know, 28 and in the final year of his contract. You know, James Robinson is a young man who's coming off a really good mm-hmm. rookie season. I mean, he could have been rookie of the year. Like, he, he was great. It's very hard for me to predict what's going to happen there. I will say this. Unless one of the two guys gets hurt, I think it's going to be a headache uh, for fantasy managers all season long because the Jags have a lot of weapons now, right? You've got DJ Chark. You bring in Marvin Jones. Uh, Lavisca Chanel's in the mix as well. Uh, so I, I and and like Urban Meyer likes Carlos Hyde. So I mean, whatever. I'm not mentioning Tim Tebow, by the way, for example. Uh, he is not. <laughs> he is not a weapon that I'm worried about getting targeted. But who knows? I, I don't know. I don't know who will be the guy to start the season or to begin or to uh, you know to to go through the you know to the middle of the season. I don't know who will finish the season as the guy. My guess is that my concern is that neither will be. They'll, they'll be sharing the workload all season long. Fantasy Torpedo. And the last one, of course, the very important question. Blank is the best fantasy team name you've ever heard um, that you could share with us, of course. But I I, I, I can't. There's some I can't mention. There's some I that there one of them comes to mind. I can't mention it. And it's hilarious. I can't mention it though. Uh, I'm not gonna go there. Do you have so, an iconic name for you then? Like something that's, I guess, is it tried and true? Is it something you've used that just is fit? Are you changing it? So, I mean, the, the one team, I change my team names like every single year for the most part. And like for years, I would go off of, I don't know, something in the pop culture. So like one year I named all my teams after uh, Game of Thrones characters, scenarios, etc. One year I did all curb your enthusiasm stuff. You guys watch curb at all? Oh, I yeah. mean, like, so, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, um, uh, you know, like w- one of my, one of my team's names was like Yari's automotive, you know, like, I mean, I, I've, I've had a whole bunch of different ones uh, as it pertains to that. But there, there were some, uh, I, I love Larry David. So th- I, I typically will do that. The one team name that I haven't changed for years is in my Allison Chains league, you know, with the guys from the band, and it's a uh, damn that rivers damn that river is a is a huge huge popular Alice in Chains song from back in the day if you're into grunge that kind of thing the Seattle scene mm-hmm. and so I, and I've won the championship two out of the last four years with that team name and so I always keep damn that rivers even though rivers is now retired I'm going to keep <laughs> that name going strong but in terms of my favorite fantasy team names that I've heard I, I can't mention them on after we're done taping i'll tell you guys perfect um but yeah i can't i can't do that right now marcus do you have one i very much like my job at the game day so no i cannot tell you right, well this is good behind the curtain access anyways for us selfishly we get we'll get all the good content um yeah. you know, transitioning you know michael and talking about you know you and fantasy as a whole and you know this is a question that that I've gotten, that Marcus has gotten, I'm sure you've gotten it far uh, greater regularity, which is, how'd you get into this, right? DMs, people wanting to get into this. How and when, obviously the industry has changed a lot. So yeah. take us back to when it started, what you thought you could do and what you thought ultimately fantasy football would become. I always wanted to be a sportscaster on ESPN. Like as far as that goes, like when I was eight, like, there's nothing else I've ever wanted to do but to talk about sports on television. Uh, or on some sort of, you know, medium. And of course, back then, there was really only television and radio, right? So I actually went to school, TV, radio, communications, mass media kind of stuff, couldn't get in anywhere, was working a job uh, in Southport, Connecticut, pulling, pulling environmental maps 
like just trying to pay the bills. Like it was nothing in the industry. And I was like ready to give up, man. Cause I couldn't get in. It was like frustrating as hell. And it wasn't fantasy either. It was just sports. And you know, my best friend was like, dude, you can't give up. You got to keep trying. So I ended up writing a sports column, not fantasy football or sports related at all. It was just topics that were going on in the sports world. And it was in the newsletter of this, uh, for this company. And then the internet hit, I started writing for these amateur websites and just started compiling articles and building a resume. And after two interviews at commissioner.com, which is CBS Sportsline or was at the time, I ended up getting hired, me and Tristan Cockroft, both of us. Uh, I got hired the same thing. He's now, he's one of my best friends, but he's at ESPN, you probably know him. And like, ever since I got in, I just wanted to make an impact. I mean, I, I was pretty aggressive and I felt like my, the way that I wanted to promote fantasy sports was to get famous people to be playing in leagues with me and having fun with it. And so that's what I started at CBS, which was the Gridiron Guru League that had you know, Jim Nance and Dan Marino and Boomer Esiason and Steve Tasker, Bonnie Bernstein, Randy Cross, Brent Jones, like all, Bonnie, all, the, all the talent from like CBS Sports. And we actually filmed that at like a, a studio in uh, New York City. We, we did one of those, which was great. And I, I wanted to like, obviously give people really good information and advice, but I also wanted to entertain too, because you don't want to just throw all these numbers at people because it's going to go right over their heads. You know, you start talking about that too much and people are like, just tell me who to freaking play. That's all I want to know. <laughs> and part of what I wanted to do was in that line, get famous people involved. And so like now I have, I like I run my own celebrity league. Um, I'm in a few, uh, you know, I'm not a celebrity. I get to play with these celebrities, which is a lot of fun. You know, the Allison Chains League is, is a whole lot of fun. Like I'm playing in fantasy football leagues with dudes that I grew up listening to and loving. And I was even in a cover band when I was in college and I would play their songs and that would be awesome, right? And now I'm like sitting at Jerry Cantrell's house watching football, doing a draft. It's freaking amazing. It's like a dream, right? And so um, that, that's, that's where I've tried to, to make, make an impact in the industry is not only to give people good advice and, you know, we do our best. There's so many talented folks in the industry now but also to like entertain and not be sort of just like everybody else out there, try to go out there and have some fun. And uh, hopefully I've been able to accomplish that over, you know, 20 plus years in the industry now. All right, Michael. So it's June 1st. Um, we're still to what, two months away from our first preseason game. What are fantasy experts like yourself up to now? Well, like I said, I went to a Dodgers game last night. I'm, I mean, in turn, <laughs> I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get out and play some more golf because I know I'm done soon. Like I'm definitely, you know, once you get like the August, forget about it. It's over. But in terms of work, I'm doing stuff for sports illustrated's draft kit right now. So putting out breakout players and sleepers and deep sleepers and busts and all that kind of stuff, you know, the traditional sort of nuts and bolts of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, preseason draft draft kit content and doing a bunch of best ball drafts. And then I have my show on Sirius XM fantasy dirt, uh, 8 PM Eastern Monday through Friday. Uh, with Mike Dempsey and Bob Harris. And we, you know, we have a lot of fun on that show. I have a lot of celebrities on that show, former players. Um, you know, I had Melvin Gordon on last week and it, it, I'm, it, it's hard right now because there's nothing going on. Like we're kind of hoping we hear something about Watson or Rogers or Julio, like to at least give us a little something to talk about here. Uh, and there's always something to talk about, but there's, 
there's certainly uh, there's certainly a lot less once you get through like the NFL draft and schedule release, and it gets kind of slow really until you know camps open up. So, uh, and thank God we're going to have that kind of stuff. Um, you know, with with COVID, hopefully here uh, n- not as big of an issue uh, in the future here. And so, I, right now, I'm just trying to create content and do the best show that I can on Sirius XM, have some fun with that, bring in some people. We, we do like Friday drafts every Friday and they don't even pertain to fantasy football sometimes. Like sometimes they do. Like last week we had Jimmy Smith on for the greatest wide receivers of all time draft, mm-hmm. but we've also drafted like the greatest superheroes of all time. We've drafted, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the best sitcoms of all time, like just having fun. And so that, and fantasy sports is about, is about having fun, but that's what I'm doing now. That'll be what I'll be doing for the next couple of months. You know, July, you try to take time off and kind of chill and, and, and make sure that you got the batteries charged because, you know, once you hit August, the second week of August, uh, it's a lot of travel going to drafts and that kind of thing. And then you're, uh, then you're basically all in for six to seven days a week until the Super Bowl. You know, Michael, we've talked to kind of the odds makers component, which is power rankings and very analytical. Yeah. And you talked about numbers and not trying to kind of, you know, bore people that are just like, well, tell me who to put in. So for you, is it, is it math? Is it, is it an art form in terms of quote unquote ranking guys? Like it may not be your process right now in terms of prep, but when it is, how are you doing that prep? It is probably a, a mix of all of those things, right? And trying to establish yeah. rankings. Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, and it just experience too. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes a guy you just know is going to pop, right? I mean, like a couple of years ago, like I knew Mark Andrews was going to have a good year. Like I just, you just kind of knew he was going to pop. And just, just from what, just from watching it, you just, you have, you have the experience, you know, and again, I've been in this business for, you know, over, over 20 years. Uh, there, there are certain players that, you know, like Christian McCaffrey is going to be one, not in Marcus's rankings, but he's going to be one in a lot of rankings, right? <laughs> you know, Dalvin Cook's going to be up there. So, you know, some of it, but, mm. but then you have to differentiate, differentiate yourself because you don't want to, draft last year's best team as Bob Harris would always say you want to draft you know this year's best team and there's always going to be surprises always always is going to be who saw Mike Davis being a valuable fantasy asset you know this past season with with McCaffrey going down for so long there's who saw Justin Jefferson having a banana season as a rookie I mean we loved where he ended up we didn't think 1400 yards was going to happen so taking consideration experience taking consideration uh, if a player's stats have been trending one way or the other um, if a, if a player is going to have a greater opportunity, like, you know, right about Adam Troutman this morning, who's going to take targets away from him besides Michael Thomas and, you know, Traquan and Traquan hadn't been all that great in the NFL. The saints have uh, an opportunity there for Troutman to maybe, you know, take a step up. And I also listen to a lot of beat writers and listen to news and listen to reports and, you know, talk to people that I trust in the industry. And you, you kind of throw all that together. You do some projections and you come up with a with a list and i'm changing my rankings like every week like i i, I will go in there and be like oh wait wait a minute jamal williams is a classic a back what or now i gotta drop swift and move williams up and or you know you see mike davis out there with his giant legs i'm like you know what i'm moving that guy up two spots at running back just because his quads are jacked and his calves are ridiculous like you know what i mean like whatever <laughs> but i i'm always changing those rankings and i mean hell DeAndre Swift, maybe like a month or two ago for me, was like maybe a breakout guy. Now I think I'm going to put him in my bus list I, because I just with Williams and they brought in Gurley and name me one great 
Detroit Lions running back who's been drafted by the team since Barry Sanders retired. Oh, that's right. You can't because there hasn't really been one. So, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm always changing things up. And you can find it at si.com slash fantasy. But, I, I mean, Marcus, I'm sure you do rankings. You know, Adam, I don't know if you do mm-hmm. rankings or not. But you're always changing things. Your opinions change on players, uh, sometimes on a, on a you know daily basis. So it's always fun to, to try and get in there. And I'm, and I'm not – I feel like the one thing, and maybe you guys are, are a little bit different here. Marcus obviously is with Jonathan Taylor in terms of being bold. I try there. There are players that I certainly will like more or less than others in the industry. I feel like though, I'm trying to be a little bit more bold in my predictions, like Clyde Edwards, Larrabee and Mike Arnie back five or six last year. Didn't work out at least after mm. the first six weeks, but there's always changes like every single year you can go through top tens every single year, top twenties, top thirties. And you're like, I didn't expect that guy to be there. I didn't expect that guy to be there. So you, you try to be a little bit bolder with some of the calls, but ultimately we all know McCaffrey's going, you know, in the top two or three, we know cook's going in the top two or three. We know Adams and Tyreek are going to be the top two wide receivers in some, uh, in some way, shape or form, assuming Aaron Rodgers stays in green Bay. So, Michael, what's your favorite type of league to play in? Do you like snake drafts, auction drafts, two quarterback leagues? Like, tell me your ideal league to play in. I do like two QB leagues, uh, but in the in the super flex format. So, you don't have to start okay. a quarterback. It's smart if you start a quarterback in your super flex. Uh, I have a dynasty league that has four flexes, and it could be anything but a quarterback. I, there, there's a lot of different leagues that I like. I, I like PPR, full point PPR. I like leagues where players are rewarded for what they do on the field, even if those players are playing special teams. So for example, if I have, I don't know, Antonio Brown and Antonio Brown runs a punt back 75 yards for a touchdown, I should get those points, not the Buccaneers defense. Like why? Like, so all the leagues that I run, the, the players are rewarded. It's like a point for every 25 return yards. Right. So if Antonio Brown has a 75 yard touchdown, on a punt return, you know, I'm getting nine points because I have Antonio Brown in addition to what he gives me in catches and yards and touchdowns, et cetera. So those are the formats that I like. I don't necessarily love like that players get double points. Like I know there's sites out there where Antonio Brown would get points. And so would the Buccaneers defense uh, and special teams, like I'm not really into that, but I, I would, I like to give points more points for different defensive categories than than maybe in a typical standard scoring league as it pertains uh, to defensive scoring you know maybe you know block punts block field goals whatever the case may be uh just just some some other things and as it pertains to quarterbacks four points for passing touchdowns because if you go six like i get it it's six for everybody but it's just it's it's a lot and and uh you know the Mm. position's already uh just devalued enough really for me because you've got that that's why i like superflex because quarterback is the most important position in the national football league it might be the most position the most important position in sports think about it there's 32 professional nfl teams and we can't find 32 human beings on the planet to do it well <laughs> right i i mean like so yeah. i i like the the superflex aspect of it uh giving people the opportunity to maybe value quarterbacks a little bit more see patrick mahomes go in the first or second round and be like oh yeah it's worth it there in a single quarterback league it's not i would never get patrick mahomes because i ain't drafting a quarterback in the first five rounds uh unless he falls to me in round five then maybe i'll think about it you know at that point so those are those are my my favorite kind of leagues i like to mix it up a little bit but um for the most part 
getting that second quarterback in the starting lineup, I think is, uh, is a lot of fun. And a lot of folks that I've introduced these leagues to really enjoy them. How many leagues are you in? I, I just got to ask really quickly. Yeah. It sounds like you're in a lot. <laughs> but see, like, like if, if we're talking about like just redrafts last year, I think I was in 14, which is too many. Uh, I can't, yeah. but, but like, I've already got like, I've already done like six best balls. I'll, I'll probably do, I don't know, by, by the, by the, the kickoff game, uh, I'll probably have maybe like 20 or 30 best ball leagues, but who cares? I mean, like there's best ball, like I don't have to worry yeah, you're, about You're not having managing to change your lineups right. and all that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing I probably have about 14 teams somewhere. I, I try not to get too much because I, I don't like to be that guy who is in a league and doesn't fully in, entrench myself in trying to win. I can't do it. Like, that's just not me. I want to win everything. So I, I try not to get too much past. I, I was doing eight for a while. And again, we're talking about leagues I have to manage. And this past year, it just got bumped up. So probably about 14. And then, you know, in terms of best ball, when you combine them, it'll probably be, you know, somewhere around 30. But teams that I have to manage every week, probably in that 12 to 14 range. Marcus, how many are you in? I know you're, you've been busy. Oh, that's too. a bad question yeah. to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the draft. So I'm, I'm drafting all year long. Uh, I've been using this site called underdog fantasy and I've been drafting all weekend and you can do these, <laughs> these drafts that take like an hour and you have your team. So I think last year I did like 300 best ball leagues and then I 300. Think 13 or are you married? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, are you married? Yeah, of course. Are you married? <laughs> Yes, but I just and like your to wife draft hasn't left time. you yet. My goodness, I, listen, she's it's, a saint. It's, it, it's that feeling of when you're on the clock. It's so much fun. It's just like a dopamine hit. I just get so. Wait, excited. do you have children, Marcus? I do. I just I have a five month. Oh, congratulations! Now, so. Thank you, thank you. I, I, I you know, listen, Adam, I can a, see Marcus holding the five month old <laughs> in one arm and just going in the other while doing like. Five that, that literally this happened is, multiple times this right? weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, this is your yeah, this is your best ball sweet spot, Marcus, because it gets only harder from here, right? Uh, like right. You, you enjoy your best ball mania while you can. But my my gambling addiction is not going. This down. is a gambling See, for me, yeah. Like I, like I worked for the NFL for almost for almost sixteen years, and if you gambled and were an NFL employee, you got fired. Like I, I was not in the game. Like I understand it obviously, but I was not in the gambling space for a long, long time. And so like, you know, now I can talk about it a little bit more uh, or as much as I want to, because I don't have to, you know, deal with the, you know, with the shield. Um, but I, yeah, I like, I, I'm like, I don't want to put my money out there uh, to be taken away from me. Like there's a reason. I, and I know a lot of people, man, like the guys over at SI, Oh my God. I mean, like Frankie today, like their banana is good. Like in terms of, you know, their win loss percentages across all sports, I can't put my money out there to be taken away from me. I just can't. I just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, DFS, obviously I have fun with that in small, you know, in small sort of doses and, and best ball, that kind of thing. But where, where I guess my, my big money would be is in like my, my, you know, my seasonal, uh, redraft leagues, my dynasty redraft. league, like that, those where, you know, I could, I could do pretty well. Um, you know, Mike, I, I was just thinking about this too. You talk about the gambling aspect, it becoming more out in the open. You, you make predictions, you, you've done this a long time, but in terms of social media, your following is obviously enormous. So after a Sunday or after a draft or somebody gets hurt, you step out on Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, right. And all of a sudden he's out a couple of games during the season. 
what is what do your social media mentions look like? You know, after a guy takes a wrong step or something, you know, ridiculous like that. I mean, you'll get you'll get people who you know will come after you and be like, oh, you told me to start this dude and he was terrible, or you know, you're awful, you know, that kind of thing. Like whatever, it, it, that that's what the mute button is for on uh, on Twitter. But uh, for the most part, people are cool. I mean, it, it's weird. My social media following, like. It was, and this is probably has something to do with like Twitter sort of cleaning a lot of the fake accounts out there. But it's funny because like right now I've got uh, like half a million on Twitter, but I was at five, like 25 during the season. I will drop like 20,000 followers <laughs> after football season is over because they don't care what I have to say during the off season. But then once you get back into like, you know, August, September, boom. It, you know, I'll gain like 10 to 15,000 followers. It's like deleting and, the master's app from your phone. Right. And then downloading yeah, yeah. it. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like people just like, you know, they get rid of it and because they're more casual and they don't, they don't really care, you know, so they'll, they'll pick it back up. Like once, you know, once they're, they're getting ready to draft. So, um, but I, I don't get a lot of crap, honestly, like uh, people, people are pretty, I don't put myself out there as some sort of like egomaniac who gets everything right. Cause I don't, cause none of us do. It's the only thing predictable about the NFL is that it's unpredictable. That's the only thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people don't see this kind of stuff coming, right? I mean, like you take chances and sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. And to me, as long as I'm right, 60 plus percent of the time, I feel pretty good about myself. As long as if I'm in 14 leagues and I make the playoffs in 10 to 12 and I, you know, I take home a few titles, I feel good about myself. Ultimately I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, help people win. That's, that's what gives me the most satisfaction about doing this is like telling people, Hey, do this, do this, do this. And then they come back to me at the end of the year. Like, hey, you helped me win. And so it, and I know Twitter can be kind of a cesspool. So, you know, some of those people, you just kind of mute them and, and, and you get rid of them. But a, a lot of people are cool and thankful and uh, they'll reach out and uh, you know, people just want to interact. And a lot of times I'll, you know, I'll do that. And um, you know, I enjoy the people who, uh, and appreciate the people who follow me, you know, on social media. And I'll tell you the one thing, I have like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I am not getting into TikTok. Hell no. I can't Me do neither. it. Man. Too, I have too many already. We're too old. There's yeah. no way yeah. I can't. My kid does it. And, you know, he's like obsessed with followers, followers, followers. I, I've got four. That's enough for me. I can't do anymore. Uh, maybe that's limiting my audience reach uh, to the kids out there. But like I it is so wow. It, it, it's like a second job, man. Like trying to post all the social media stuff constantly, constantly, constantly. But, uh, social media is, you know, it, I think there's a lot of positives to it. There are some negatives as well. We all know what they are. All right. So Michael, my last question for you, I, I need a sleeper that I have to draft this year. Who, who's that one guy after let's say rounds five, six, seven, uh, that you absolutely uh, love. So what's funny is that I just wrote an article about this on uh, SI and it's up there right now. I don't know if there's one in particular, right? Like, and, and I have, I have a very sort of definitive definition of what a sleeper is. Like you, if you talk to five different fantasy analysts, they'll give you five different definitions of what a sleeper is. Right. Like I, I see people out there and they say that, I don't know, Carson Wentz is a sleeper this year. No, he's not like you guys might disagree. He's been a top 10 quarterback, like multiple times in fantasy. He's not a sleeper. Like he could be a bargain in your draft. Okay. But he's not a sleeper. Like for me, like a sleeper was like last year, Justin Herbert was a sleeper. Nobody saw that coming. 
James Robinson was a sleeper. Uh, Robert Tunyon was a sleeper, right? And, and, and at, at some level, deeper sleepers, right? Like Miles Gaskin, like he, he was a sleeper last year. Um, those guys, I feel like they've never done it before, right? And for me, like, I, like I can't, I can't come out like Noah Fant's a sleeper. No, he's not. He was a top 10 tight end last year. He's not a sleeper. If anything, he's a breakout player, right? So you break out to me. And I know now we're getting like down the rabbit hole, but whatever. This is a, you know, it's a fantasy football podcast. So when, when you talk about breakouts, I feel like breakouts mean this guy could be top 10 in his position or maybe top five in his position, depending on what the position is. Sleepers are more of like these middle to late round guys who are potentially in positions where they can exceed their expectations, but they've never done it before, right? Like I can see Chase Edmonds as a sleeper. Why? Because he's never been like a top 20 running back. I think last year he was 25, but because James Conner got brought in, people maybe are a little bit down on Edmonds where I'm going to be like, well, no, wait a minute. For me, that makes him more valuable because now his draft stock might drop a little bit and I can get him at a cheaper price because people are worried about Connor. So I don't know if there's one guy, I can give you one guy per position. So like, I like Tua Tungvaloa a lot at quarterback. Last year, he wasn't great. He had a couple of good games, but he was coming off of that injury at Alabama. He had no preseason, the COVID thing, uh, put those guys at a disadvantage and Justin Herbert had a huge season. And so everyone thinks Tua was a disappointment. I like Tua with what Miami's done uh, in terms of their, their pass attack with Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, et cetera. Uh, at running back, I have a whole long list. I'd probably go Edmonds. Michael Carter's on that list as well for the Jets because oh, no. I, Tevin Coleman, I mean, come on. Okay, maybe he's going to open as a starter, but he's, you know, it's Tevin Coleman. At wide receiver, I, I like LaVisca Chanel. I like Devontae Smith. And I think rookies can be sleepers and breakouts too. Why not? Like Justin Jefferson, <clears throat> he broke out last year. Like that's, it is what it, just, Justin Herbert broke out last year. Uh, so I, I think Jamal Williams is a sleeper. Like I've gone cold on Swift, not that I wouldn't draft him, but now I'm thinking, well, if I get Jamal Williams, like in the middle to later rounds, like as my RB, like four, maybe, I don't know if I get him as a four, maybe as a three, depending on, on the size of the league, well, I, I might have something there. Uh, I mentioned Adam Troutman earlier on. I think Adam Troutman's a really good sleeper too uh, in New Orleans, uh, based on the fact that, you know, Jared Cook's gone, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. I know Breeze has gone too, but Jameis Winston has been a top five quarterback in fantasy, which is crazy because he had 30 picks that year. But I, I like Troutman uh, as a potential sleeper. I have like Irv Smith Jr. I have him as a breakout because I think he's going to be a top potentially 10 player at his position this year. Uh, but you can also put him in that sleeper category as well. Lots of them. I'd like to hear a Jet in there. There's so least. many. Dude. Yeah, There's well, so, well, <laughs> well, they, I mean, because the Jets are like basically starting from the ground. Scorched I don't think James Crowder is going to – Right, right. I don't think Jameson Crowder is going to be on the roster. So, like, I don't know if I want to put Elijah Moore in there. But, I mean, like, the Jets have, like, all these opportunities for, for these young players to kind of come out and make an impact. I mean, Denzel Mims, you could put him in the category yeah. of a – he'd be more of, like, a deep sleeper, like, late-round kind of guy. But it all depends on what your de definition of sleeper is. I, I, I've seen sites out there, oh, Matthew Stafford's a sleeper. Like, hell he is. <laughs> He's been a top-ten quarterback, like, his entire career, basically. He, he could be a bargain. Yeah. He ain't a sleeper. So. MVP bet is what he is, frankly, and a good one at that. That's your guy, Marcus. Yeah. I was gonna bring up Stafford, but now I feel bad that that uh, Michael. Right. Do you think it, Marcus? He's not a sleeper, though. He's not a sleeper. No, no, yeah. I, no, no. I think he's somebody that could be way better than what his ADP is. Yeah, like is. a, like I think a he's going as like QB yeah. eleven. Exactly. Right. Because right. I think he could easily be a top five QB, and you're getting him after the top ten. I, I agree. I think he's a bargain. Yeah. No doubt. No he's doubt. He's gonna have a monster year. Um, Michael, before we wrap things up. 
Uh, Marcus and I usually do a set called The Future, where we look at other sports, other things that we're betting on, everything, other things that we're watching. Uh, I know you mentioned you're doing some of the daily fantasy stuff, maybe not necessarily ingrained in the day-to-day -day betting, maybe like we are in some other things. But what are you watching now? Are you an NBA playoff guy? Are you a golf guy? What are you, so, what are you viewing? Yeah, I love, I love golf. Uh, I love to watch in Mickelson. That was a lot of fun. That was. Mm-hmm. I'm a diehard Yankees fan and we suck right now. If you are playing fantasy baseball, stream every pitcher against the Yankees. Every I don't care who the hell it is. It could be the it could be a guy that that, that kid uh that, that Toronto brought up. What was his name? Uh, Moa Moa. I can't remember the guy, guy's name. Alex something. He crushed us. The Yankees stink. We can't hit a lick right now. So if you're in a fantasy baseball league and you stream pitchers, dude. See who the Yankees are playing and streaming until the, until they start hitting. They're terrible right now. I play in two fantasy baseball leagues. I'm not nearly as big into baseball outside of the Yankees as I am, like obviously football. But yeah, I'm following the finals. Uh, looks like the Lakers are going to be in trouble now because Anthony Davis is banged up. He's got the groin injury. But um, I, mostly when it's not football season, I'm watching baseball and a little bit of golf, and I'll pay a little little bit of attention to you know to the NBA. But once we get into like August, September, you guys know how it is. I'll pay attention to the Yankees, of course, especially if they're in contention, which I don't know if they're going to be because they can't hit a lick. Uh, I'm a little bitter about that. But, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> dude, they stink. It's It sours me. Like, how do you have a payroll that big and you got half of your lineup is hitting 180 or worse? It's ugly as hell. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that would be my advice right now is if you're playing fantasy baseball and some dudes on the waiver wire pitching against the Yankees, pick them up because the Yankees have been getting, getting just crushed by everybody. Hell, we made Detroit's rotation look amazing this past, uh, this past weekend it was really, really bad. So I just, I that, like that bitterness. Would be, that would be I'm, I'm the bitter character on the show <laughs> with my jets and other teams too. Um, Knicks fan here also, by the way, uh, my jets. Coach. So, so jets, I'm jets. are you Mets? I, also? I'm Mets. I am Mets, which so actually, I, yeah, that's a weird. So like, because I'm from the tri-state area. Most people are Jets, Mets. Yes. And Giants, uh, Yankees. Correct. Right? Which is weird. Like, why? Like, why know, is it like that? That is true. It is, it is very true. Yeah. I've, I'm out in Chicago, so I've got, I've got buddies who are Yankee fans. And out here, we just have had to, like, stick together. So I don't have, like, the same, like, New York hatred. It's just defending the Cub fans who have been yelling at me for the last five years. Yeah. We're yelling again, by the way. So we, yeah. we have to stick together. It's just nice to have bitterness come from another New York corner because it's normal. Yeah, I know, but, see, but people will get on me because I'm like, oh, the Yankees, like, yeah, you've had it real tough. I'm like, no, totally. I, I mean, the Yankees have been, you know, the, 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 the 2000s, the end of the 90s were great, man. You know, like, I mean, since we Still won the win. series against the Phillies, they haven't won jack, nothing. And in the 80s, the Yankees sucked. For, like, when, in the early 80s, you know, had the Dodgers rivalry. Um, late 70s, early 80s, and then ended the 80s, the Yankees were really bad. So, like, I've gone through some thin years with the Yanks as well, but right now it's just, yeah, nobody's crying for the Yankees, though. Um, they're just, Never. They, they can't Never. hit a lick. It's just sad. Um, Marcus, what do you got? You been on anything this week? We got we got Mayweather Paul, too, coming up on a, on a Sunday, yeah. which is kind of strange. I don't know if that's even bettable. I know you could bet on it, um, but what else you got going on? Yeah, I mean, just to tie up the baseball conversation, you guys both uh, root for much uh, better franchises. Uh, you, I'm sure you saw the the play from the Pirates this last week. Oh right? my god, that was, that, was that was like a little league play. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
watching the Pirates over the last couple of decades has uh, not been that enjoyable. So I don't want to bring them up any more than we have to. Uh, but golf, right? We've got the, the Memorial Tournament this weekend. Kind of like John Rahm a little bit. We've got NBA playoff games. Still like the Clippers. I think they're plus 300 to, to win the, the Western Conference. I like that quite a bit. Uh, another fun sports Yeah, game. I've got Memorial. I've got Shoffley. Um, who else did I take? Oh, I, I'm going back to Matsuyama. I thought he even played well Good. PGA before he kind of ejected there. So uh, it is a fun sports week, man. We NBA playoff, NHL has been great. Um, are you mm-hmm. going to dabble at all, Marcus, with the Paul Mayweather? No, because I, that's just going to be a circus, and I just want to sit there and enjoy it. I don't want to have to worry about my bet in that one. So, that, so, 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 Money Mayweather is fighting like a like a YouTuber, like a, YouTuber. a YouTuber, yeah. And then, and then there's another. I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess, you know, if, if you know, if, if you get enough money, I mean, what the hell? But well, and then I guess his brother Jake, who who's actually won, is now going to fight Tyron Woodley. You know, XM UFC guy, which I think yeah. will be the end of that. But I don't know, man. I yeah. I bet against him last time and lost. I don't. Yeah, was... I when I was younger, I used to get into boxing, like Tyson and you know, sure, uh, Riddick Bowe and like all the you know, like like Sugar Ray Leonard and and Hagler. And I I used to watch all that stuff. I stopped watching boxing like years ago. And MMA, I can't get into it, man. Like I, I don't want to see two human beings beat the s out of each other. I just it doesn't do anything for me. I will watch. My WWE, my you know, which people say is all fake. I have a lot of friends who are wrestlers. Uh, trust me, the aches and pains that they feel are real. It's scripted, yes. They are. I'd rather watch that than MMA all day long. I don't want to watch two people beat the hell out of each other. It's just not my thing, man. Not my we, thing. We, we got in, or at least I got into it because of COVID, right? Because it was something to do and watch and bet on. And this is an MMA podcast. We're back, or we we'll do picks at the end. Although Marcus, I think we've got, yeah, we got a card coming up this week and then a pay-per-view what two weeks, uh, basically the following weekend. Two weeks from now. So yeah. We'll get into that too. Mike really enjoyed it, man. Uh, before we let you go, I know you're doing a lot of stuff. So SI is a part of what you're doing, but just a reminder where everybody can check your work out at. Yeah. SI.com slash fantasy, uh, SI.com slash Fabiano for my archive and posting stuff, you know, almost on a daily basis, uh, getting people ready for their fantasy football drafts. Also, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio Fantasy Third with me, Mike Dempsey, Bob Harris is Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. to 10 Eastern time. We always have a great guest, uh, Randy McMichael, the former Dolphins tight end, is going to be joining us on the program today. Awesome. Uh, again, we had Melvin Gordon on last week. Uh, we had Jimmy Smith on last week. Try to get a lot of celebrities on there as well. I mean, I have, I've had Jeff Garland on. There. I've had a lot of a lot of different uh, cool people on there, and we just have fun. And then um, once we get closer to the season. I'll also have some info on my uh, Westwood One show, which will be uh, 20 weeks uh, starting in August, uh, obviously all pertaining to fantasy football, maybe get a little gambling in there as well. So uh, si.com slash fantasy, Sirius XM, uh, and Westwood One coming up here in the next few months, which is crazy because today's June 1st, and I, I, don't rem- I don't know where the last five months went, but nuts. currently we're already – in June, it's unbelievable how quickly time goes by. We'll have to have you back on before the season starts, man, to dive a bit more into your rankings and everything else. And again, really, sure. really appreciate the time and the insight. Awesome, awesome conversation. Uh, a reminder, right, yeah, no, a reminder, guys, check out uh, the podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Go to thegameday.com to do some affiliate shopping for Marcus Moser, Adam Kramer. We will talk to you guys next week.